Porch Church. How you doing? All right. Hey, turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 16. We're going to be looking uh, at the story of Samson in the NLT this morning. Uh, we're actually concluding our series, Samson. Um, you guys know that Samson, he was an incredibly strong man, right, with a dangerously weak will. And we've been looking at the character of Samson with the intent of learning from his mistakes. He definitely was not the most perfect person in the world, and he actually made lots and lots of mistakes. Uh, where we last saw Samson, you might remember, um, he's captured. He was captured by his enemies, the Philistines. They threw him in prison. They actually gouged out his eyes. Ew, gross, right? But not only that, you guys, I mean, if you were to sum up Samson's life in just a few words, he failed. He failed. So much potential, so many things going for Samson, but he failed. He absolutely failed. And I'm sure that he would, was probably thinking back in his mind, man, if only I could have done things differently. I wish I could have gone back and done this differently or stayed away from this or maybe done that. Have you ever been there, you guys? I mean, I think that's, uh, I think that's all of us, right? I mean, you ever wish that you could go back and do things differently by show of hands? I know I definitely have. Okay, good. Whew. I am not the only one. <laughs> well, uh, I instantly think of, you know, uh, when you think about going back and doing things differently, I think of, uh, of fail videos online. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, blooper reels. I'm talking about, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos. You guys know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm talking about those, those videos, you know, where you see dad with the ball or baseball and he's about ready to pitch it to his son who has a wiffle bat and you know exactly what's going to happen, right? Uh, how many of you enjoy, let's just be honest, you enjoy watching those fail videos? Sick people. <laughs> you enjoy laughing at others' misfortune? No, I'm just kidding. I'm the exact same way. There's something about it, right? I mean, we know what's coming, but we love to see what's going to play out. Um, I've actually personally lived out, I would feel like, America's Funniest Home Video moment. Do you guys want to hear about it this morning? Of course you do. Of course you do. Um, so when I lived up in the mountains, uh, it was kind of in between Eagle and Gypsum, um, a group of friends and I, we actually went and we found a rope swing along Colorado River. And so like, okay, awesome, you know, let's, let's go ahead. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, now I married her, Stephanie, you know, we got married. Um, um, uh, you know, she was with us. And so we found this rope swing. And of course, I have girlfriend, you know, at the time, Steph, and I want to impress her, right? And so I go, they go, okay, well, who wants to go off the rope swing first? And I volunteer and I go, I will. You know, I'm going to show how much of a man I am. And so I'm going to step up to the plate. And so I remember, you know, grabbing the rope swing. We haven't tested it out. Uh, we don't know if it's going to go wrong or anything. We actually have a picture of my rope swing um, right here. So I took off, okay, and I play it conservative because don't know what exactly is going to happen. So I do a little karate kick, okay, because I'm trying to look cool in front of my wife. And then I even end with a quick wave to my honey. Everybody say, aww. Oh, and so I, you know, splashed in the water, I came up, and I get a nice golf clap. Oh, you know, and everybody's like, oh, okay, that's, that, was, that was good. Um, so then they say, all right, who's next? And I was just shocked. My wife volunteered. She's the only girl of all the girls that were with us to actually go off the rope swing. And so what happens? She goes off the rope swing. She does a nice little 180. She lands in the water, splash. She comes up, and she gets a little bit of a louder, oh, you know, and everybody is excited. And I remember thinking in that moment, I'm like, man, she did better than I did, you know? I'm like, all right, I got to step up my game. And so I'm already 
feeling this way. Um, well, then my buddy Brandon goes to go off the rope swing. And Brandon, if I were to just sum him up in just a quick moment, um, he's a one-upper, okay? Do you guys know what that is? Um, basically, whatever you do, he's always going to one-up you. He's always going to be just that much better than you. Oh, and I hate people like that. And so Brandon goes off, and he does this. He does like an upside-down Spider-Man type of thing, very dangerous, very risque, you know? I mean, and then he goes ahead and then comes off and then jumps off into the water. And I still remember the reaction. He comes up and every, oh, whoa, you know, and he's getting all this applause. And I'm just being real, just being honest. My pride was taking a hit. I'm like, oh, you know, like, why didn't he mess up? Um, well, then he, uh, um, I look over at Stephanie and I still remember this face where she goes, oh, you know, and she's just amazed by this. And you know, as a boyfriend, you know what that face means, right? It means, well, can you be better than him, you know? Can you do better than that? And so I go, of course I can. <laughs> of course I can. And so they say, all right, who's next? I go, I I'm going to go again. And they're like, oh, Ryan Ryan's going to go again. You know, the crowd splits, and I walk in the middle. <laughs> and, uh, and I grab the rope swing, and I'm like, all right, so how am I going to do better than Brandon? And I think, you know, all of a sudden the thought comes to me, oh, a backflip. I'm going to go ahead and do a backflip off this rope swing. I could do it. I've done it on trampoline many a times. That's what I'm going to do. And so I take off, okay? Take off the rope swing. And then I remember I'm, you know, attempting the backflip, but I release a little too late, okay? So then <laughs> my attempted backflip is now turned into an attempted belly flop, all right? And so this is me trying to, mid-course correction, turn my body. No, that would be embarrassing. That would hurt, you know? And so then uh, the next shot is now, I mean, I've pretty much abandoned all hope. <laughs> we all know what's going to happen, right? I'm trying to have this splash of an effect, you know, on my future wife, but this is the splash of effect I have instead, and it is failure. I failed... <laughs> I landed literally on my side, so I side flopped. Uh, I didn't even know that existed, but I did. So I side flopped. The craziest part um, is I actually, uh, through this, actually ruptured my eardrum. Uh, that's how dangerously cool I am, okay? <laughs> um, but I remember walking out of the water, and I just had the walk of shame, you know? Uh, actually, I remember I come out, came up out of the water, and there's just silence, absolute silence, they're wondering if I'm okay, and I can barely hear, you know, and they're like, are you okay? So I give the universal, you know, sign for I'm okay, and I give a thumbs up, and then it's immediately followed by something else. Do you know what immediately followed? Pointing and laughing. <laughs> they pointed and laughed at me, and I'm like, oh man, I'm such a failure. I blew it, you know, I tried to impress my, my, my wife, and, and I did it instead, you know, I messed up. And uh, I remember, I mean, walking out of the water, um, you know, just, uh, I went up to my wife and, and she's like, uh, you know, I'm expecting like, are you all right? Or, hey, that was cool. And she's like, well, that was something, you know, that was, that was something. <laughs> um, but the good news is my eardrum healed. Um, so it's all healed. The good, even better news is she married me anyways, praise God. <laughs> um, I, yes, thank you. Thank you. I know it's a miracle, right? <laughs> That's why you're applauding. You're like, wow, really? She did? Um, I think she did it out of pity. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think we've all had things like that, right? 
I think we've all had things like that in our lives, you know, where we, we think back and we wish that we could have done it differently. Um, we wish back, we, we replay it in our minds, man, why did I do that? I should have said this, you know, differently, or I should have done this. Um, maybe in your life you've, you've pulled a Ryan, and you've done dumb, something dumb, and, and you felt embarrassed by it, and you're just like, man, why did I do that? I just made a fool of myself. Um, or maybe it's, you know, something uh, maybe lighter than that. Maybe it's not buying Rockies tickets, you know, season Rockies tickets this year. And you have that regret where you're looking back and you're like, oh, man, I should have bought Rockies tickets except for the last four games. But we'll forget about those, okay? Um, but you're like, man, I should have bought Rockies tickets. Uh, maybe it's an email that, you're, that is sent out to you and you accidentally hit the dreaded reply all button. <laughs> Why do they even have that? I don't know. Uh, but maybe it was something like that. Um, maybe, maybe it's something a little bit more serious, though, in your life. I mean, maybe you're looking back, and you look in your past, and, and you remember different failures. Maybe it has to do with schooling. Uh, maybe it's college, you know, and you're like, man, I should have taken it more seriously. Uh, maybe it's, it's something that you've done in your past where you just keep replaying it over and over again in your mind. Man, why did I do that that way. Maybe it's a, a relationship or a mistake. Um, this is in your notes. I, I believe our greatest fear is failure, right? I mean, we hate to fail. I mean, nobody enjoys failing. Our greatest fear is failure, and our greatest pain is regret. But we're looking back, and we just have regrets. But I have good news. You see, with God, failure is never final. Amen? Failure is never final with God. See, failure instead, it should be stepping stones that are actually moving us forward, where we're learning from it. We're trying to adjust and say, okay, well, I did things this way. I want to make sure that I learn from it and become a better person. And so today, that's what we're going to take a look at. We're going to look at how to use our failures, because we all have them, right? We all have them. How we can use those failures as stepping stones to move forward. You guys with me? All right, cool. So how to fail forward. How to fail forward, this is in your notes. Number one, start off by remembering. Remember, a failure is an event. It's not your identity. It's one moment in time. It's an event, but it's not who you are. And we see that in the life of Samson as well. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Judges chapter 16, um, reading and starting at verse 23. It says, The Philistine rulers held a great festival offering sacrifices and praising their God, Dagon. They said, our God has given us victory over our, say it with me, church, enemy, Samson. So I'll stop right there just for a quick moment. Uh, Dagon uh, was the God of the Philistines. He was a false God that they worshipped um, to kind of explain what he looked like, or at least what they thought he looked like. You know, he uh, had the head of a man, but the body of a fish. So he's a the Philistines man-fish god, okay, or, or nowadays Aquaman, okay, or something like that. And so um, they are giving Dagon credit. In verse 24, it says, When the people saw him, they praised their god, saying, Our god has delivered our, and there it is again, our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. You might remember uh, previously, you know, Samson went off with the jawbone of a, a donkey. He killed a thousand Philistines. And so um, this is his enemy. I mean, they want revenge. They, this is number one target, uh, or Samson is. He's their number one target. And so they want to see his downfall. Uh, moving on, verse 25. Half drunk by now, 
the people, the Philistine people, they demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought out from the prison to amuse them. And they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. So imagine this, just for a quick moment. I mean, here is our hero of the story, right? Here's Samson, too strong to fail, so much potential, so many things going for him. This is the Israelites' mighty hero. And he goes from that to all of a sudden being a carnival sideshow. He's there for their amusement. He is there for their entertainment. In fact, the Philistines, they actually parade him around as their war trophy, as they're giving Dagon the credit for actually capturing him. In this moment, Samson is 100% shamed. 100%. I mean, he's, mo- you know, he's brought out and he's just being mocked right in front of his enemies. And, and, and you might remember Samson, he actually once mocked his enemies. You remember that? Where he taunted them and said, all right, you want to come against me? I mean, I, I'm God's chosen one. God has given me great strength, so go, go ahead and do that. In fact, he picks up the city gates as a way of taunting them, and then he begins to walk for 35 miles as a way of saying, all right, you're going to come at me? Then do it. Let, I mean, prove it. Actually come at me. And, and here in this moment... Man, Samson had to have just been feeling like a failure. He had to have. I once was like this, and look where I'm at now. Captured, you know, in prison. I'm, I'm, I'm out here for, for their amusement, their entertainment. I'm missing my eyes. I'm nobody. I've failed. We know in reading Samson's, you know, story, I mean, we would agree. I think, well, yeah, dude. <laughs> You did fail. You kept putting yourself in bad situation after bad situation. But I love that the Bible doesn't water that down. The Bible always tells it like it is, right? And I love that the Bible, what God says in here, he tells us the stories uh, of of many different failures. And, And I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged by that because I'm like, okay, good. I'm not that far off, you know? I can relate with these guys. It's not like every single story has this awesome fairy tale ending. And, and I think, you guys, we all have different things like that in our lives, right? I mean, where we feel like a failure or maybe we failed personally. I mean, maybe it's something in your life you wish that you could take back. You look back, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. But here's the thing that we need to remember. Samson's failure was an event. It was a moment in time. It was not who he was. Church, when we fail, we're not a failure. Let me say that again. When we fail, we are not a failure. In fact, this is in your notes, failing at something does not make you a failure. It makes you human. It just makes you human. You're on the same page with everybody else. And I, don't, I know we don't like it. I know we don't enjoy failing, but we're on the exact same page, on the exact same level. See, I love how God refers to us because we're, you know, failure is just an event. It's not who we are. How God refers to us in Ephesians, he calls us his poema. Um, that's a Greek word which means poem. We are God's poem. Isn't that cool? We're not just God's poem, but that word also means we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece. 
And if you have accepted Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, he also refers to you as a child of the Most High God. See, Jesus knows we're not perfect. He knows that. I mean, why do you think he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins? He knows that we can't do it in our own strength. And so Jesus knows that we're going to make mistakes, that we're going to fail, that we're not always going to be successful, and we're not always going to be perfect. Jesus knows that. And we need to remember that. And that failure is an event. It's not who you are. Amen? Amen. So let's move on to our second point. So how to fail forward. Number one, remember, failure is an event. It's not your identity. Number two, this is in your notes, remember the best response to failure is repentance. The best response to failure is repentance. And that's found as we continue on in the story of Samson in verse 26. So Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, Place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Verse 27, now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there, and there were about 3,000 men and women. Where were they at? On the roof. It's going to be very important here in a little bit. So go ahead and underline that or highlight it. Very important point. Um, Who were watching as Samson amused them. Um, I know oftentimes when we're looking at this uh, section, you know, we read that, okay, yeah, they were in a temple, and we can oftentimes think of, okay, well, they're in like a church, you know, or, or some type of temple like that. Um, actually, no, it was, it was more like a, a coliseum. So kind of imagine it that way, a coliseum complete with a roof overhead. And Samson, he's led to the center pillars that actually support the roof. And so that's where he's resting his hands. Um, and, and you just, I mean, you can just you know, see the situation here where the Philistines, they're half drunk by now, right? I mean, they're just, I mean, these are nasty people. They're, they're probably, you know, cussing and, and spitting, you know, and just throwing trash down at Samson, mocking him and laughing at him, you know. Uh, they're, they're like nowadays Raider fans, okay? <laughs> Let's just be honest. Just call it like it is. <laughs> So moving on, let's see what happens. Verse 28, then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. And we'll go ahead and stop right there. And so Samson prays to God. Something is very unusual for Samson, right? And he says, remember me. God, don't forget about me. Don't forget about your calling on my life and how you've always been there for me. Remember me just one more time. Give me the strength, God. Give me the strength to do something where I can be in your will to accomplish your purposes. You see, it's at Samson's lowest point that he turns to God. It's his lowest point where finally, finally, Samson, he turns to God. And see, what I've noticed uh, in response to failure, I feel like there's only two responses, right? Um, There's the natural response, which is remorse, where maybe you did something wrong, maybe you failed in some type of way, and the natural response is a, a deep, painful regret for wrongdoing. 
And maybe this could be inward, where you're, you're saying, oh, I'm just no good. I shouldn't have done that. I failed. I haven't learned. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. And it's all focused inward. Or it could be outward. I mean, think about Samson's situation. He could have pointed the finger at Delilah and said, it's all her fault. The reason why I'm in this situation is because of her. It has nothing to do with me. And he wouldn't even take ownership in that situation. See, that's the natural response, is remorse. But the best response is repentance. The best response is repentance. It's to change one's mind for the better. Um, Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, Repent then, and say it with me, church, Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. See, repent, if you want a simple definition, it's just a turn towards God. That's it. That's repentance. It's saying, all right, I'm not going to walk this way any longer. You know, we talked about this last week, where if you're walking the wrong way, what do you do? You turn around, yes. And that is repentance. Repentance is an about face. It's a turning towards God, where remorse is a feeling. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I made a mistake. I blew it. Nobody cares about me. You know, I mean, why would they? I can't believe I did that again. But then there's no action. Repentance is action. It is the action of turning towards God. Remorse, I feel horrible. No action. Repentance, I'm sorry. I'm going to change. And I'm going to change directions. You guys with me? Make sense? Okay. And so failure with God is never final. It's the good news. You'd be walking this direction your whole entire life, and then all of a sudden, you have a, a change of your mind. You say, you know what? I'm tired of walking this way. I've tried this over and over again. It doesn't bring any happiness in my life. It's not working for me. I'm going to turn to God. Failure is never final with God. Church, don't let your past get in the way of God's future. Amen? Don't let your past, I mean, don't live there in your past. Instead, Let's turn to God and say, all right, God, I'm not perfect. I failed. I messed up, but I trust in you, and I'm going to turn this way. God, would you please forgive me? Guys, that's how we fail forward. That's how we take stepping stones and moving forward. So how do we fail forward? Uh, number one, we remember, you know, failure is an event. It's not your identity. Number two, the best response to failure is repentance, right? And then number three, and this is in your notes, remember, God can use your failures to accomplish his purposes. He can. You believe it, church? God can use your failures to accomplish his purposes. And let's see how he does that in the life of Samson. Uh, verse 29, as we conclude our story of Samson, it says, then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars. Remember, these are the pillars that are holding up the roof, right? And that's what it says right there, that held up the temple. And so what does he do? Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. And so he killed more people when he died than he had during his whole entire lifetime. Crazy. That's the end of our story of Samson. And if I'm to be honest, I know it doesn't end in a feel-good way. It doesn't end in our fairy tale ending kind of way that maybe most of us would actually like. And, 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 and when you first glance on it, you might look at it and say, you know what, that ended on a kind of sad note, Ryan. <laughs> you know, thanks for the downer message. But actually, if you think about it, 
it ends on a high note. Because let's look at the big picture. The end of Samson's life, what does he do? He turns to God. He finally turns to God and he prays to God. I mean, I think we would all agree the most important decision that you can make here on earth in this life is a turning towards God. Amen? And Samson, that's what we see him doing. He finally turns to God. And so he's actually regarded as a hero in the Bible. Um, If you want to jot this down in, in Hebrews 11, verse 32. It actually talks about the heroes, the great heroes of the faith in in times of past. And it mentions Noah, it mentions Abraham, it mentions Moses, among many others. And guess who else is mentioned? Samson. He is. He did it. I mean, you know, despite his previous disobedience, despite his constant pride of feeling like there's no way I'm going to fall, there's no way I'm going to fail, Despite, you know, being full of anger at times and, and being driven by lust where, where a woman keeps catching his eye at different times throughout the story, God still used Samson. God still used him. And God can still use us. He can. God still used Samson's failures to accomplish his purposes. And same as for us. God can use anything in our lives to bring some good out of it. And you might be sitting here today and be like, no, no, no. No, there's no way God could use that. God is all-powerful. God created the heavens and the earth. Without God, there is nothing. So with God, everything is possible. God can use anything and bring good out of it. If you believe it, church, say amen. Amen. And so Romans 8, 28, one of my favorite verses. We know that God causes everything. Not some things, not a few things, everything to work together for what, church? For the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, what this verse doesn't say is that everything's good. That's not true. There are a lot of things that are really bad. But what this verse says is God can use anything and still bring some good out of it. And that's what God did with Samson. Despite his failures, despite everything in his life, you know, and the many different times he walked the opposite direction, God gave Samson the strength to push down those pillars, to bring the enemy down. You know, I was thinking about this this week, and I thought this was kind of cool to point out, that these pillars, you know, they, they were what elevated Samson's enemy above him, right? I mean, that's where his enemy was at. They were above him, and so it, it basically gave Um, them a platform to be able to rain down discouragement, to rain down insults, to to, uh, remind Samson of how much of a failure he is. You're no good. Look at you. You're a once God's chosen one, and and you've done this, and you've done that. And, and, And the enemies are constantly just reminding him of his past failures. And for Samson, in order to, to defeat the enemy, what he had to do is he, he, needed, he needed to push down those pillars. And he couldn't do it in his own strength. It had to be God's strength. Think about that in our own lives. There are many pillars that exist today in my life and in yours. Many pillars. Uh, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's discouragement or bitterness or remorse. And the only way 
that we can get away from the lies of the enemy, that, that these lies are raining down and we hear it and, and over time maybe we even start to believe it, the only way that we can get away from those lies is to pray to God, to turn to God and ask him for strength to push those pillars down. It's not true. It's not true. That's not right. And I trust in my God because he loves me. He is for me. And he's never going to leave me nor forsake me. And so we push those pillars down. And, and the only way we can do that is when we, re we turn to God in repentance. Right? It's the only time where we actually have God's strength in our lives. But the good news is God offers it to us. God is right there. He's not going to give up on us. When you're down, you are not out, church. You are not. If you aren't dead, then you aren't done. God still has a purpose for you. Failure with God is never final. Instead, God wants to use it to accomplish his purposes. And that is, I believe, when we pray and we trust God, that's, that's when we can actually push down those pillars in our lives. And so I wanted to end by asking you two questions as we close. Two questions. Number one, what pillars do you need to push down? This is in your notes. What pillars do you need to push down in your own life? Maybe it is fear. Maybe it's pride or shame. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's bitterness. I don't, I don't know. God knows. You know. And so I just challenge you, write that down. Write that down of whatever the pillars that you need to push down in your life are. And then number two, what is your next step? What's the next step that you're going to take to make sure that you get rid of this, that you're not going to believe the lies of the enemy or, or whatever's stopping you from turning to God? No, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I push these pillars down, and this is my next step. I think we all know the definition for insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Guys, let's do something about it. If you want different results, then do something different. We have to be intentional. See, we may fail, we may fall, but God is good and that he gives us chance after chance after chance. Proverbs 24, 16 says, the godly may trip seven times, but they will, and say it with me, church, they will get up again. They will. And praise God that we have a God that always says to us, get up, just get up again. I love you. I forgive you. Just get up. Don't beat yourself up. Just get back up. Um, it's, it's impossible for me to share a message like this on this topic uh, without being able to share with you what God is, is doing in my life right now and how God's working on me. Um, you know, a few months ago, maybe many of you guys know this, uh, my wife and I, we're, we're thrilled and we're excited. We, we found out that we we're pregnant with our fourth child. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can give it up for that. That's awesome. Praise God. Oh. Um, and uh, if you know our story a little bit, um, you know, I, I basically uh, was told, you know, we were told by the doctors, hey, don't have any more kids, you know, after the third kid. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was supposed to get a certain surgery. I, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, you know that thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, and I didn't. And uh, the reason why we were told not to, to have any more kids is because previously uh, we've, we've, had, uh, we've had some complications. <laughs> and, uh, 
And uh, with our last child, um, she was actually born at 35 weeks. And it was a very scary experience, not necessarily for the baby. The baby was never really in harm's way, but my wife was. And uh, so there were 12 doctors in the room. Uh, There's a crash guard that was brought in. The chaplain was there, police officer. And they're just trying to figure out what was going on. And although, you know, I was super, ex- we're super excited for the pregnancy, there was also on the other end, we're like, oh my goodness, like, like what is going to happen? I- I'm worried, you know, for my, my wife's health. And, and if I'm going to be completely honest with all of you, in this moment, I felt like a failure. I felt like a failure because I didn't get the surgery done in time. I felt like a failure because I'm putting my wife and her health at risk. And then, um, and then I actually even start to feel guilty, where I feel guilty because I know that there are families, awesome, God-loving families that are in our church that can't have kids. And I look at that, and I'm like, God, like, I'm super excited, but what's going to happen with my, my wife's health? And there's just a lot of worry. And I'm like, man, they would, they would love to have this situation. And I know that there are even families in our church that have, have lost babies as well. And so I just feel, you know, like a failure, and I just feel guilty. Because as a husband and a dad, number one rule, right? You never put your family at risk. You always take care of them. And so I'm just being real with you uh, of just how the enemy has been pouring down these accusations and just telling me, Ryan, you're a failure. You're no good. Look what you did. Look what you did to your family. I mean, could you imagine what will happen? What if? And my mind goes there. And, you know, I, I know, guys, I mean, I know that I'm not a failure, you know, and, and I know what I need to believe. I know that God loves me and, and that God's going to even see us through in this. But you know how it is. I mean, oftentimes you know something, but it's hard to actually live that out. <laughs> um, that's where I'm at right now. And so I just ask of all of you, because uh, we love our church family. We love you guys so, so much. Please be in prayer, you know, for us. Please be praying for us, um, not only for my wife's health, you know, with the pregnancy, but also pray for me that I would be able to push down these, these pillars of shame and discouragement. Um, I know it's not true, but they're there. And I believe that it's only with God's strength will I be able to press past that. Does that make sense? So guys, um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited. I trust God. We've been here before with two of our kids. And God saw us through, and God provided, and everything went according to plan. And so I'm excited with what God is going to do with our family and with our fourth child. I'm like, man, God must have some awesome plan for her, you know? Um, So I don't know what it is, but I'm excited because I trust in God. And I hope and I believe that that's how we fail forward. You know, I, I, I feel like a failure and everything, but I'm going to remember those three things as well. And I, I challenge you to do it along with me. Remember, failure is an event. It's not who you are. It's not your identity. Remember, the best response to failure is repentance. And then number three, remember, God can use your failures to accomplish God's purposes. You see, with, fail, or with God, failure is never final. Amen? It's never final final. It's just stepping stones moving us forward and and hopefully moving us towards God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, uh, for your love, for your grace. God, thank you so much, God, that uh, you love us so much that you don't want us to stay the same. Father, I know that you have big things in store for our lives. 
And God, oftentimes we can try to disqualify ourselves, Lord, by, because of how we feel about our failures and past mistakes. But God, help us not to dwell on those. Instead, help us to dwell and focus our attention on you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, God, that you can use the failures in our lives to bring about something good. As we continue in the attitude of prayer this morning, with all eyes closed, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this message really spoke to you because you realize there are some pillars in the way of your life. There are some pillars that are standing right in front of you and you feel like they are preventing you maybe from turning to God. See, the only way to push down those pillars is with God. That's it. That's the secret. We need Jesus' help. We need God's strength. So if that's you this morning, maybe you're just going through something, but you would like prayer for God's strength in your life, can you just simply just raise your hand wherever you're at? I just want to pray for you. And praise God, hands all over the place. Heavenly Father, you see our hands. You know our hearts, Lord. God, you know that we want to, to seek you, God. We want to do the right thing. But Lord, these pillars stand in our way. God, we want to accomplish your will in our lives. So God, help us to push down these pillars. And we need your strength, your strength. So Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would come upon us now. Give us that strength. Give us that motivation, Lord, to be able to push those pillars down so that we can turn towards you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your strength, God. Good God. As we continue in an attitude of prayer, maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. See, before you can push those pillars down, and everybody has those pillars in their lives, before you can push them down, you need God. You need God to come into your life. And so if that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you to pray this simple prayer. You can repeat it after me. Just between you and God, there's nothing special about this prayer. It's just the words in your heart behind it. Just pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. You know my mistakes, Lord. Will you please forgive me? Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Be my God. And God, please remove these pillars from my life of shame or whatever it is. Help me to walk for you, to walk towards you. As we continue in attitude of prayer, Maybe you prayed that prayer for the very first time. I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want the honor and privilege just to be able to pray for you before you leave here. So if that's you, can you just simply just raise your hand? Say, yes, I did pray that prayer. Praise God, I see your hand up top. God bless you. Anyone else? See your hand over here. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Praise God. See your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? God is good. Let me pray for you. See your hand. God bless you. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your saving power of grace. Thank you, God, that failure is just an event. It's not who we are. And especially, Lord, when we accept you into our lives, God, you see us as a child of the Most High God. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your grace, God. I pray for everybody that made choices and decisions here this morning. That, God, you would be with them, you would encourage them, you would lift them up and remind them, God, how much you love them and cherish them and how much you are for them. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. We pray these things in your name.
And everybody says, amen. Awesome. Thank you, Orchard Church. Love you guys. Have a great Sunday. Amen. Amen. Great job, Ryan. Great job, Ryan. Hey, if you raised your hand today to accept Christ for the first time, you may be asking what's next because that's a big decision. One very practical step you can take is in your newsletter there is a connection card. If you will write down your name, your mailing address, and just check that you accepted Christ today and drop that in the offering bucket at the end of service, two things will happen. Number one, we'll be able to pray for you by name. And number two, we'll be able to send you a book in the mail called Seven Steps to Joy that will help you in your newfound walk with Jesus. So please be sure you drop that in the offering bucket at the end of today's service. And first-time guests, also hope that you filled out that connection card, and you can drop that in the offering bucket at the end of service. And for every first-time guest connection card that we receive for the month of June, we donate $5 to Life Choices Pregnancy Center. So please, if you're here with us today, thanks for being here. Make sure that you uh, fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket at the end of service. And um, as we close today, don't come to church next week. This is the first time you're ever going to hear me say that. Don't come to church next week because we won't be here. Instead, we'll be at Timig Elementary being the church. So we won't have church services here, but we'll be the church at Timig Elementary. We're going to go help that school, give it a facelift, some new paint, beautify the grounds a little bit. So come on out. There's uh, an, an insert in your newsletter that gives you the information for that. So let's go be the church next week. If you come here, the doors are going to be locked. And then after that, on July 9th, we start our new series called Game Changing Prayers. And we will welcome Pastor Doug back to the stage on July 9th. So we'll be glad to have him back and uh, start that new series, Game Changing Prayers. So if you will, please stand with me as we close uh, in a song of worship. And we worship by giving our tithes and offerings because we're a church that gives first, saves second, and lives on the rest. Thanks, Orchard Church. We love you.